Welcome into the Bad Fan. Sports are back on the menu. This is the place to hear about your favorite things from a point of view that may go against the grain of a normal fan. And we're looking ahead to the MLB All-Star Game, our midseason players to watch in Major League Baseball, and some where are they now soccer transfers along with some headlines in the world of sports. For today, I'm your host, Cole Carter. And I am glad you have tuned in with us. Becoming a bad fan is easy and made better by subscribing and clicking the bell below this video. That way you're always notified to see new episodes like this one from the bad fan. And routinely, I don't do this thing alone. So I'm joined by my good friends and yours, Brandon Pacenick and Stephen Curl. Gentlemen, it's good to have you in. How are we doing today? I'm good. Um, Calvin Harris' new album it has was announced today. It's coming out August 5th. Uh, cannot come soon enough because I'm ready for those summer vibes. Um, Wait, bounces volume two. Come on, <laughs> yeah. But I'm ready to come back to Atlanta and celebrate the fourth. I love it, Steven, How are we doing, man? Um, I stabbed my hand today on a clothes hanger and I have a bandaid on my hand. So not too. You stabbed yourself with a bread closer, and now you've got a clothes hanger. Uh, it's a bread tie, you know, so, um, but yeah, uh, doing out some cleaning in the garage today and, um, you know, battle scars, it's fine. I'm okay. Do you have any bubble wrap you can get yourself into to protect yourself? Um, that's probably not a bad idea. Hey, cool. How are you? <laughs> hey man, I'm doing well. Um, yeah, it's been a fun start to the summer. I've been busy and things are coming and going quickly, but I'm glad to have Brandon in town this weekend for the fourth get to see family and friends all at one time excited for that and um yeah lots of headlines and things going on in the world of sports today that's where we begin our bad fan journey is with the stanley cup finals as they just wrapped up the colorado avalanche defeated the reigning two-time back-to-back champions tampa bay lightning in six games oh, sorry yeah, that's a little that's a little uh, easter egg for you right there uh kale mccarr won the finals mvp which he has now completed a collection that has seen him win the best player in college hockey back in 2018-2019. The Calder Trophy, which is the top NHL rookie in 2019-2020. And this season, he was the best NHL defenseman and, of course, now getting the Stanley Cup. So pretty incredible for one player to accomplish such feats in the beginning of their career. Uh, congrats mm-hmm. to the Colorado Avalanche getting their first title in, I think, close to two decades. Um, elsewhere, USC, Southern California, and UCLA are reportedly looking to join the Big Ten by 2024 in a shockwave news to the college football world after seeing lots of teams realign like Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC. Um, this move is likely in order because of financial ramifications of the track, the Pac-12 not making it to the college football playoff the past six years, I think since Oregon um, lost, I think, to Florida State. Um, but regardless, uh, looking to get a lot more revenue moving to the bigger conference, which... Um, Begs a lot of questions, but Brandon, what are your thoughts on this one? When Texas and Oklahoma were announced to go to the SEC, I was confused. Um, I think this one is way more confusing. I like they're not even near each other, like not even close, not even close. Um, so I don't know. I think there's, you know, the 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 Rose Bowls always play between the Big Ten and the Pac-12, so there's that relationship there. But I don't know what financial ramifications have to do with anything. Recruit better, have better coaches, and play better on the field. 
that's how college football has worked. It's how it should work. Um, you can argue that there's only like six teams that ever have a chance of really making it in there, but there's teams on the fringes and USC was just, has historically been good, been great in the past. And, uh, similar to Texas, like they're not there, but they could, you know, they could get back there. Um, so yeah, this one does, does not make any sense to me. Um, but I'm gonna pass this question to Steve because I want to hear what he has to say. Are we moving toward a super league style format in uh, college football? Um, yeah. Well, honestly, I'm only concerned with the SEC because it just means more. Uh, no, but all jokes aside, I we're starting to get to the point with these four teams moving. Um, conferences don't really matter at this point. I mean. You're taking some of the allure away of college football, which I think has been the reason, not the reason, but one of the fun things, the different things about watching college football, and I think it is going to move more towards just a top-to-bottom system ranking, not matter, basing on location, which is kind of unfortunate for a lot of these smaller schools to have a chance to kind of play against these bigger teams, but if it's not in you know, USC's best interest or the team's best interest, they're not going to. They're going to chase the money, um, even if they get railed, which they probably will, but um, mm-hmm. they'll be doing it on national TV, uh, bringing in money for their school to pay for their jet flights from Southern California to Ohio. <laughs> which for me, it's just like, it, I think people are only looking at it through the lens of college football right? and yeah. maybe, maybe basketball, but it's just like, Oh, so your women's volleyball team that you guys are putting so much money into is going to play USC all the way in New York against Rutgers. It's just like, I just don't see this making sense all the way from the top down. And that's why the money I hate is driving so many decisions. Also, for one, let's just think about this. USC has not been good since 2009 in football. They still got Reggie Bush. Are you all of a sudden by moving to the Big Ten gonna do better Fight against on. the and against the more prominent teams? Like it's the same thing in Texas, Oklahoma. You guys can't even win in the Big Twelve. So you're now expecting to do better against Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, Florida. Like, what is it that you're expecting to change when you already can't win in your soft conferences that you think, oh, we're gonna do better in these big conferences? So I think it's a dumb move. It's not taking care of your athletes for their time. Uh, the resources that are already being allocated, you're not taking care of your universities from the top to the bottom. And again, you're only hurting those, you know, mid-level conference teams. Um, so I think it's a terrible yeah, move. I hate the direction that we're going. It's um, so bad. It, it's, it, look, they can now charge more for tuition, though, because education hasn't changed the past 30 years. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, let's just uh, make students, you know, pay more to go to the school to watch their team get beat in um, East Lansing every year. So I, I don't know. It doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. Um, but when things don't make sense, you follow the money and you, you find out where, where you're at. Yeah, it's greed at its finest here for me Stupid. and disappointing to see the direction it's going. Um, I'm definitely not a fan. Uh, moving on to other big headlines and NBA free agency. It's open um, after the Warriors. They finished the season off by being the Celtics in six games, uh, continuing their dynasty. I think it's their fifth championship in the past seven years or so. Um, anyways, though, the big news today as free agency open is 
Kevin Durant wants out of Brooklyn. He has requested a trade directly to the team ownership group president. And that also means his teammate Kyrie Irving, who had just committed back to Brooklyn, is now potentially on the move as well, allegedly being a top target for the Lakers. Supposedly it's the just, Lakers want both, I, I heard. I so. know, it's just so stupid. <laughs> again, again, I'm so tired of, one, the Brooklyn Nets. I was already tired of Ben Simmons, James Harden, all of them. I'm just, I'm just tired of this crap. I'm tired of this super team stuff. I'm tired of these super leagues, super conferences. It's getting old. It's getting old quick. Just going to be honest. I'm not a fan of it, um, but whatever. Yeah. Apparently this is all going to go down. I know um, we're a sports podcast kind of hands. and everything, but NBA sucks. <laughs> yeah, don't the NBA watch it. Does suck. <laughs> it's so I, bad. It's so bad. The drama's not even entertaining. Like it's just so boring. It's bro. just being overplayed more and more. <laughs> oh it's just yeah. Like you watch first take. You watch a lot of these shows, and it's either NFL or NBA. But the drama that is showing up every single day feels like it's from the NBA, and it's just tiresome. It's just overdone, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm growing more and more tired of it every day. Except the Hawks, I feel like they to me I feel like they're world beaters when they were playing so well last year. But we'll see. Carl yeah. um, Anthony Towns <laughs> um, <laughs> at the stroke of midnight. Carl Anthony Towns, as we're recording this, um, has just received a four-year max, two hundred twenty-four million dollar deal. Bradley Beal gets a five-year, two hundred fifty-one million dollar max deal to stay for the Wizards for now. And John Morant in Memphis is being locked into five more years and $193 million in a rookie max contract, as well as Devin Booker getting his four-year $214 million super max contract extension. That's a mouthful. He's also <laughs> been talked about potentially being a swap deal for Kevin Durant. So I really don't know. As all this unfolds and things calm down, it's just it's, it's a mess. A question. Yeah, what's up? Um, I got a $2 raise this past week at my job, so... I didn't I think see that's that in more the notes. entertaining than <laughs> <laughs> like a, did it feel like you got a super max deal uh it felt like a um i can pay for a tenth of a tank of gas now <laughs> huge, I love that. huge move <laughs> big for you and then lastly as we sort of hinted at uh Dejounte murray is now joining the atlanta hawks and a trade from the san antonio spurs in exchange of danilo gallinari and three first round draft picks um, in 2024, six and nine, I think. Um, but anyways, Gallo has already been waived and is free to join any team he so chooses. But this reinforces the Hawks' um, backcourt with him and Trey Young. So hoping to improve on the defensive side as well as having another ball handler who can score when Trey maybe is out or needs some help on the floor. Well, those are the headlines. Tried to run through those as quick as we could. But we are in baseball season um, we've been at it for a couple of months now. Teams have had time to get to know um, the new players on the block. Um, we had the drama this past weekend with Freddie Freeman coming back to Atlanta. We went through that ringer, which is a story in itself, learning about his agent allegedly not informing him on the deals he was getting. Uh, I just want to quickly jump into that. I know we didn't plan on it, but like, did y'all have any initial reactions <clears throat> from learning about his agent and withholding the offers from him? Yeah, I... Well, Freddie getting emotional uh, was not weird, uh, but it seems like it was. It's just been like keep like keep happening and happening. He's still crying at every at bat and what what all this. I'm like, there's more there than like him just like taking the most money. 
um, or like he, it doesn't seem like he really wants to be on the Dodgers, but like, I don't know if it was like a family decision, you know, there's much more that these players have to take into account when they do this stuff. But the news, like you just said, that came out after the series was that Freddie Freeman fired his agent because supposedly, and I'm going to say supposedly, cause we don't know for sure. And I don't know if the truth will ever come out. Yeah, it probably happened that his agent didn't tell Freddie about the final offer from Atlanta. What? <laughs> Steve, what can you explain that at all, Steve? Like, does that happen normally or does that ever happen? Like, what in the world? Sports agents are the most loyal, honest, least self centered people on this planet. No, it doesn't surprise me. Um, I'm sure it happens, you know. Uh, but I, I, again, read, I read that it does happen. It's not abnormal, but in this case, you would have expected it to happen. But sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it happens, and this is just what we hear um, in this one scenario. They go, oh, my gosh. And it's more amplified to your point about Freddie Freeman just bawling his eyes out every time he sees a red A on his coffee cup in the morning <laughs> i can just see him crying into his own cereal um having to drive over like an hour to go to the la dodger stadium at home um but no it's weird he still wants to be in atlanta i believe after the series against us um i think it was kershaw i'm pretty sure one of his teammates i'm pretty sure it was mm -hmm. kershaw talked about how cool it was to see freddie being received with so much love and he also said this is interesting quote i hope we're not playing second fiddle um it's kind of like you're talking about your ex all day every day wearing all the gifts look in like you haven't changed the emojis in your in your phone yet but <laughs> they're still atlanta braves hard eye kissy kiss xo kissy kiss um yeah so if you're the dodgers i mean you don't care because you're the dodgers um and you just want freddie freeman to hit over 300 which is what he's doing um mm. But I, I don't know. It's it's crazy. It's weird. Um, it's but you, you know, it's not necessarily abnormal. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, it's super weird. I I don't know, man. It's so weird. The thing is, he's still like doing pretty well for them too, right? Like, if I'm not mistaken, like he's doing well for the Dodgers. It's not like he's 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 gonna work for them. That's I'll leave it there. But you know, like yeah. He's not going to be like, oh, I want the Braves to win and like sort of slip up. Like he's going to play really well and they'll be very good, especially come postseason. Um, what do you think about that series, by the way? I, I caught a little bit of it, but yeah, I mean, Braves, Braves dropped two out of three. Um, uh, we had a chance to win that last game. Kinley Jansen blew the save. Two runs, two runs came across, went to extras. And we ended up losing, um, but the Braves were real. Uh, I think you saw that they were threatening um tony gonsolin went on the mound he's the second in the era in the national league went up against the braves hadn't lost a game since last july um and we hit him uh it didn't matter even though it was, he had like, like 1.8 era going into that matchup mm. so but no we hit him the braves are real i think we went 21 and 5 in the month of, uh in the month of june so it's gonna be fun this the second half of the season is gonna be fun and it's you know, and I think it's a three-horse race of the Dodgers, Braves, and Mets. Um, I'm trying to think of the century right now. The Cardinals are always a threat, but yeah. I, I, I texted Steve, I think it was like before the weekend or something. I said, watch out or don't look now, but the, the Cleveland Guardians are in first. And I said, they might stick around this year. 
and they are sticking around. I don't know if they're still in first because they went on like a three-game losing streak, I think. But <laughs> um, they're in pretty second, exciting. But, yeah, they're in second. They're only down a game. Um, yeah, but you hey, you know, you know, it, look at it, the Cleveland team. My second. Yeah, team. look at those little Cleveland Guardians. Um, well. I think we said enough there. Um, I'm not sure where Cole went, but I will carry the load here and we'll hop right in. Do you want to do um, MLB players to watch for the big awards or you want to do the the all-star talk? Mm-hmm. Let's say, just go, do awards. go ahead. I was going to say awards. Yeah. Yeah. Are you gonna say? yeah. Let's jump into it. Some players to be watching right now as we approach the midway mark to the season all-star game being July 19th. Um, we're looking at players like Paul Goldschmidt, absolutely on fire. The former D back scolding with a 342 uh, batting average, fresh in the national league. Um, he's killing it right now. Uh, providing way more than the Cardinals could expect, especially at this point in his career. Um, Jordan Alvarez hitting a monstrous 316 with 23 home runs in the American League with 53 RBIs. Um, I'm also looking at Aaron Judge on pace to hit 63 home runs, the last quote unquote true 60 homer plus season, uh, barring the steroid era, was in 1961 with 61 homers. So let's see if he can do it. Um, and on the pitching side of things, we got, like I said, Tony Gonsolin on the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, the cat man. He's obsessed with cats. I think he has like nine cats. That's a little sub buyer there for y'all. Um, 1.58 ERA, shoving it for the Dodgers right now. Absolutely killing it. 69 Ks. 0.85 whip. Um, and I think the biggest story, though, for pitching in the entire Major League Baseball is Tampa Bay Rays, my American League penny pinchers. I was um, ask you how they're doing. Uh, yeah, no, I think they're in like third right now in division, but it's, it's pretty saucy there. But Shane McClanahan has a 1.77 ERA. I think the next closest to him is like a 2.09. I think that's Verlander. Um, but Shane McClanahan, if you told me you knew his name before April 1st, at April 1st, you're lying, unless you're my friend Christian Hamby. Shout out to you. Um, yes, 1.77 ERA, a monstrous 123 strikeouts on pace for over 250 strikeouts with a 1.7 <laughs> ERA. That's insane. Um Opponents are hitting 183 off of him. He is absolutely killing it right now for Tampa, keeping them in the conversation in a very tough American League East division. Um, and some fun players on uh, on the Atlanta Braves, uh, Spencer Strider, in which my mustache is inspired off of. He is the man with the kicks that can throw 101 miles per hour with ease and go seven innings. Spencer Strider is that man. Cole Carter's back in the house. Um, Spencer Strider is that dude. Um, he's real. Um, he's kind of colonized pick for rookie of the year. Um, hopefully he can just continue this ride. Braves with a lot of injuries right now and really relying on performances from people like Spencer Strider to help carry the load. Um, Share yeah. the load. 
Share the load. Um, cool, having some technical difficulties, but Cole's back with us. We're just going through some of our uh, players to watch right now. Um, midway through the season, I just covered a basically. There's basically all of them there. If we wanted to jump into our all star, yeah, dude, that'd be great. Um, so our all star picks. We've been going through the MLB all star ballots recently. First rounds, all that being revealed. Um, two people on this list are going to be on there because they've already been confirmed to be starters for the All-Star game. It's Aaron Judge in the American League and Ronald Acuna Jr. from Atlanta. Um, he'll be starting for the National League confirmed. But these are some of the guys that we think at this point deserve to be All-Stars. They should be starting. Um, we'll start with the American League. Um, this is a guy that coming in this season, I'm sure no one had ever heard of, including myself. Who and... said that? <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> Steve just said that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, hey it's all good. Like, it's all good stuff. Um, so when sometimes your Wi-Fi goes out during recording, you don't know what to do. Back at it though, this guy Shane McClanahan, as we just talked about, apparently, I think he deserves to get the starting nod from Tampa Bay. He's having a great season. Um, running through it, Alejandro Kirk up in Toronto, starting catcher, looking like he's been smashing this year. Ty France up in Seattle. The Mariners may not be a stellar, but he has been deserving that starting spot at first base. Uh, the Cheaters have come banging with a couple of spots. Um, Jose Altuve, you think, deserves that second base spot? Never. Banned. Banned from the Hall of Fame. Um, Steve, <laughs> who's got third base and shortstop? Uh, third base, I think uh, we're going to go with Rafael Devers. He is just at... The Red Sox better keep him if they know it's good for him. And Xander Bogarts. Um, yeah, Xander Bogarts over at short um, going into that. Uh, two Boston boys is what we have on the left side of the infield. Um, Tim Anderson's also in that conversation and Bo Bichette, but I think Xander's just the safer pick here. What about that outfield yeah. goal? Like I said, Aaron Judge already confirmed going to be starting Monster. the Yankees. Monster. He's been hitting more home runs than anyone else. Isn't on pace to potentially – I think it's what the record 72. Is that the record? Or is it 62? Um, I think I it's in the seven. I think it might be. I think it's in the seventies. I was making a comment earlier about, uh, barring the steroid era, um, kind of that whole period. I think the Homer, the true Homer records, like I think 61, um, in 1961 was the last time that happened. Like for yeah. sure. No PEDs involved. Wow. So yeah, he's on pace. And then Mike Trout, MVPs in the bag um, deserve to be in that outfield. And then George Springer up in Toronto, he's having a really solid year, um, put it together. And then Jordan Alvarez, this is my guy. I think right now him and Aaron Judge are the two guys that you look at the MVP race in the American League. I think he's right there neck and neck and deserves to be the designated hitter for the American League. He has been on fire hitting what, like 316, that's fifth in the AL. He's got 23 home runs at second, and he's got 56 RBIs at this point, close to midway through the season. I think he definitely deserves to be in the American League um, All-Star Game uh, starting lineup. For the National League, uh, Steven, I don't know if you totally came to 100% on this one, but I said Sandy Alcantara from Miami deserves to be the starting pitcher. Do you fully agree with that, or who else could have been slotted in that starting rotation spot? Uh, well, you know, Miami needs somebody there. So, you know, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> no, but he's 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 been stellar on that team for a while now. This season, he's piecing it together a little bit better. So I'm not mad at that choice at all. You have Tony Gonsolin in that conversation. 
Um, maybe a Kyle Wright throws a couple no hitters, and then maybe his ERA is low enough to start now. Um, but yeah, I'm not mad about that pick at all. Okay. Um, behind the dish, we have Wilson Contreras from the Chicago Cubs, brother of William. Spoiler coming soon. Um, at first base, this is my NL MVP candidate right now. Looking at things, Paul Goldschmidt has just been insane, hitting 342 this far in the season. Pretty impressive. 19 home runs, 65 RBI. That's second in the National League. Um, my man's is blasting it with the Cardinals. Um, Miami does get two slots in this starting nine. We have Jazz Chisholm as well um, for Miami. If he's healthy enough to make it into the All-Star game, which it's sort of a toss-up, but we'll assume that he'll be making it to L.A. to play in the All-Star game. Uh, Manny Machado having a pretty solid season in San Diego. Um, I don't know if it's quiet maybe. Are we looking at the Padres as spoilers in the West at all? No, we're not. I mean, maybe, maybe in Slam Diego they are. That's how they pronounce it now. But uh, but Tatis coming back, I mean, maybe, but I don't know. It's crazy that Tatis is like in the All Star conversation solely off of votes, and he hasn't played a single game. I think that's kind of silly, if you ask me. Do you know the um, translation of San Diego? San Diego. I do. Actually, I do. <laughs> Steven, do you? Uh, that would be the bad fan after dark. We're not going to say it on this program. <laughs> Watch Anchorman if you don't know what we're referencing. Yes. Um, has something to do with whales and scholars maintaining the meaning of it. Um, but, you know, anyways. Um, I'm going to throw that in there. The, uh, the host the hosts had their first one that we believe should be in the uh, starting lineup. That's at shortstop. Trey Turner, just year in and year out, always having great um, performance, great stats, um, whether it just be defensively, stealing bases, um, driving in runs and batting for average. Trey Turner is the all-around shortstop. Um, Dezef definitely deserves to be uh, representing the National League. As I said, Ronald Acuna automatically slots in at this point after the first round of votes. He'll be playing in the outfield. Um, and then Mookie Betts, the second one from LA representing the hometown. Um, if he can be healthy enough as well to represent. Um, and then, Steven, who's going to run out the last two spots in the National League? Man, I wish I had my pearls. Um, it's none other than the man that signed a not two, not three, not four, but one-year contract with the San Francisco Giants, um, which was actually crazy. So he's balling out in his contract year. It is Jock Peterson. Uh, yes, he'll hit 150, but he'll hit a home run into the chop house and make you wear a necklace and look good doing it. Yeah, where's Tommy Pham in all this? That's power, baby. Um, Tommy Pham's getting mad about some fantasy football league right now, <laughs> so uh, he's not. Not in the game. <laughs> No. Sorry, Tommy. And then who's the last one in that lineup? We got a we yeah, got a little connection going. A little bit of a hopefully by our predictions, brotherly love um, in the same lineup here with William Contreras, the better looking Contreras brother um, in Atlanta, trying <laughs> not, to fit him it's in. Not a really DH. saying much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh wow! I Cubs think he's hot. Come on now. Um, <laughs> yeah, he he can hit a baseball and he can hit it real far. He's uh yeah he's been mashing the ball lately. It's been a toss up between him and Darno, and we're trying we're putting catchers in in our DH spot, which is a good problem to have. Um, Darno, a candidate that did not make our list of our starting lineup, which is, um, but it, I think he's, however, in second place right now on all-star voting. So yeah, he um, could make it. 
yeah, both these guys mashing the ball right now. Crazy. So yeah, that's our all-star picks. You know, kind of a prediction of who we think will make it, but also the ones we feel are deserving at this point um, in the voting process. So what do you guys think? Do you guys agree? Um, who are you guys predicting to be in the all-star game? Um, the Midsummer Classic coming up in mid-July. Um, yeah, so that about wraps things up for baseball. I was going to um, say, get your votes in. The voting is still alive. Yeah, so if, if you want any of the people in there. In particular, get uh, Dansby in the All-Star game. Get Travis Darno. Adam Duvall's in the conversation for some reason. Get Woo! get my man who's hitting 210, if that, to get into the All-Star game. Um, he named see. his son Stone. If that if that gives you any characteristic <laughs> of why you should vote for him as well, he's a fan favorite. Um, mm-hmm. And then yeah, get Will, William Contreras in the All Star game as the DH, brace country. Come on, you can make it happen. Um, but yeah, on to the pitch to soccer. Um, some player transfers that have been going on since the window opened. Um, I think the biggest sort of in a way, if you look at things from a certain point of view. Um, Gareth Bale is going to LAFC after his contract ended with Real Madrid and a one-year stint with Tottenham. He leaves with five Champions League trophies. I mean, countless domestic trophies. Um, I think he should be considered a Real Madrid legend. Um, One of the most expensive players in the world at one point. Um, His tenure ends in Madrid and comes to the United States where... People are looking at this one like he's getting ready for the World Cup. His schedule fits out perfectly um, with how things are going to go down in MLS and the World Cup in Qatar being a winter one this time. It all matches up, and he may, who knows, he might retire at the end of this, or he may find a new home. It remains to be seen. But Bale coming to L.A. as long as, mm. um, as well as Giorgio Cialini, he's coming over from Juventus. He was formally introduced to the club this week. And as well as Carlos Vela, he signs an extension to stay with LAFC. So a big week for the black and gold um, over in Los Angeles. So kind of crazy. Um, Steven, who's coming to Tottenham, dude? What's going on with the boys? Um, Well, the players from Everton, but it's not Deli Alley, which I'm really sad about. It's um, (laughs) Richarlison, the Brazilian 25-year-old for a fee of 60 million pounds, I believe a club record transfer fee. Um, yeah, this is a big deal. Tottenham playing in a lot of competitions this year, Champions League being one of them. Um, they'll be matched up against Arsenal potentially in the champion. Never mind, oh, they will not. Oh, um, sorry about that. No, he did not. I'm looking at you, Kyle <laughs> Norton. Um, but yeah, no, this is a great signing. Uh, not one I really expected when I saw the rumors. Um, I think we have other areas of need, but it's a more so a signing of a tent is kind of how I um, take this as of. We're not messing around. Um, Kulisevsky, Youngman son, and Harry Kane did fantastic up top last year. But to even throw another player in there for competition, uh, Richarlison is versatile. He can play on the outside. He can play backup striker. If Harry Kane goes down with an injury, God forbidding. Um, but yeah, I love the signing. Um, didn't expect it at all. Um, I believe our initial bid was for $40 million, then 45 and then we just came in with 60 um so everton reluctantly letting go of the brazilian striker yeah and this is the same tottenham that just signed Ives busama from brighton plus ivan perisic um we got fraser forrester as a good solid backup and i think one other player um we're looking at is it jed spence um 
Mm-hmm. I think from Nottingham Forest Nottingham or Middlesbrough. Forest. Yeah. yeah. He's like uh, one of the best up and coming. I think he plays right back. Yeah. yeah. So we're looking Very at him as an added depth as well. So um, there's still a lot of money in the war chest from Tottenham. Um, so it'll be interesting Jeez. to see who else Antonio Conte and Pertici can convince to join the project in North London. Um, there's still so much money left to spend. And I know, you know, Tottenham fans are chomping at the bit to see who else we can bring into North London. And then, Brandon, I'll let you take this last one. Who else in North London just introduced a new player? Gabriel Jesus from Man City just signed for Arsenal for $45 million. That's pounds. Yeah. Pounds. Pounds, mate. Um, which is also a lot of money, but I think it's also a good signing for Arsenal. Um all of these are actually, <laughs> I mean, there's been more transfers in the world of transfers, as everyone sh- should imagine and does imagine and knows about. But these like these three teams right here are looking to make moves. And really? um, I know we didn't really mention this, but Man City also, I don't know if it's official yet. Calvin Phillips. Yeah, is that official? I think he went in for his medical. Um, I think he's been to- announced today he hasn't been officially announced but it, the deal is done really yeah um so yeah fabrizio's already reporting on it so you know it's here we true. go um yeah that's a really really good signing by arsenal if you guys i'd like to take some time to talk about some of this stuff because i want to ask you guys about tottenham and i want to hear your opinions because what if jose Mourinho would have got this backing or half of this backing or um, what was the coach from Wolves? Um, you know, Spirits of Yeah, what if he got half or all of this backing? Like what? What you know? I don't know why. Why all of a sudden <laughs> is the money coming out? I guess. So for me, it's two things. One, um, Mourinho came in at a odd time. Obviously, he came in November of 2019. Um, so he missed his summer transfer window. He got his January transfer window. He brought in Steven Bergvine and maybe one other player. Hoybier, I think, maybe. And um, Jetson Fernandez, too. I thought Jetson was there from Pochettino. I don't know. Anyways, so he didn't have a lot, he didn't have a lot coming in. And obviously in that March, that's when the pandemic hit. So you really didn't have a lot of finances then going into that summer, which was already weird because of Project Restart. Um, but we did bring in Gareth Bale, and then we brought in Sergio Reguilón. Those were our two big signings going into Mourinho's first full season of what would have been. Um, so, I mean, decent investment. You'd also, at that point, we're still wrestling with Tangi and Don Bailey. We still are the record signing at that point. So you felt, like, decent about what this team could do. Um but at the same time, it's just like weird set of circumstances. You fire him in early April when the team was still, you know, fighting for a spot the week of a final as well. So it was just sort yeah. of odd. So I, just, I feel sometimes that Jose got the short end of the deal. I don't think he performed the standard that way they would have hoped, but I don't think he got a fair shot to prove, you know, his one ability to get a trophy, that was the biggest thing, right? It didn't matter if it was FA Cup, the League Cup, Premier League, Europa League. They just wanted a trophy, right? And they didn't even get him a shot to do that. So 
shorter the deal for Jose, and then Nuno comes in. Um, you get who does he get? Um, you got Gulini as a backup keeper, and then you brought in Emerson Royale, and you brought in one other player who I can't even remember right now. Maybe so not a whole lot, but you had eleven games or nine games with him. Um, you beat Man City to open up. You beat Wolves 1-0, and then you lose three straight, I believe. And you just don't score a lot of goals. You came off the Harry Kane drama. And so then that leaves just like the drama of like, okay, what's going wrong? Is it the players? Is it the ownership group? And so finally you get Antonio Conte to come in, and he has high demands, right? And I think the ownership just thought fans have been rowdy for a year or two now, just like, we got to invest. We got to have big names coming in. Antonio Conte demands that regardless of who you are. So it's kind of came to the climax of they need the money. It's time to be active. Um, you want to compete. Well, it's hard to compete with oil money and big investors like Man City and PSG and Madrid. All these people have, you know, Tottenham's a rare entity. They're, mm -hmm. I think, the biggest English-owned club in the Premier League. You know, they're one of the few, right? You have the Americans, you have Saudi Arabians, you have, you know, people from Qatar that are all invested in the Premier League. So it's rare to have an English club like this exist. So it's actually kind of special that they are able to do what they are doing without being like a, a nation. Like they're self-sustaining, they're profitable. So it's cool to have that. Um, so now to have the big investment from Joe Lewis and Enoch bring in 150 million pounds to spend the summer is pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. And it is because of the ambitions of the club changing because of Antonio Conte. That's how I see it at least. Steve, anything? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, Nuno <laughs> never stood a chance. Um, he was the redheaded stepchild of man of managers that Tottenham was hiring. We did not want him. Uh, and as soon as we got an inch of an excuse to get rid of them, he was gone. Um, especially when you had Conte, the one that you wanted to dance with the entire time, uh, finally came available. He wasn't snatched up by any of their teams. Um, and, yeah, so we negotiated and got him. Um, Mourinho, yeah, I'm with Cole. Like to not give him the chance at that Carabao Cup final is tragic. It's if he just loses, you just fire him after that. I think the Carabao Cup final was like a week and a half after we fired him, which was that silly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. The Tottenham ownership's terrible, in my opinion. Uh, there's been the whole. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan. Maybe not terrible, but. Yeah, now we're back. I mean, we made Champions League, so we have that revenue coming in. So that's cool. Um, Harry Kane's staying, so there's more of an, a reason to actually build around the team because he can't go anywhere. Um, so I think maybe now that Harry Kane's staying, it's for sure. We have a good manager. It's time to empty the pockets. So I think, honestly, Conte was right man, right time. Mm. Honestly. I mean, he's a great coach. You can't really argue with that, but... I think if Mourinho was put in the situation right here, right now, when Conte was with the with the players of Betancourt, Kulusevski, and Kane and Son having a Golden Boot year, like I don't know, I I think we could be talking about the exact same thing, honestly. But mm -hmm. I don't know. No, that's interesting. I just want to, yeah, get inside your minds. I know also like the stadium being built was a big thing as well, so that took out like of the financials. Um, but that's really interesting. What do you guys think Richarlison will do? Is he just going to be like a, you know, a, a constant sub 
you know, I know you guys will be playing a lot of games, so he'll be starting every the odd one. But um, what do you, what do you guys expect from him? We know Basuma is really good in the midfield, sort of like that holding role, um, breaking up play. Um, but yeah, Richardson's interesting. Would you rather? Oh, I'll say I'll ask this. This is a good question. Would you rather have Gabriel Jesus or Richardson? I would go Richardson for me. One, so sort of answering your question of his fit. He can play pretty much any of those positions, you know, left wing, right wing, striker. So if Gulasevsky needs a week off, you know, he can step in. If Harry Kane needs a day off in the League Cup, you know, he can step in. Or you can play Harry Kane or Charleston and Son at the same time, like whatever it is. So he fits those roles. And the big thing that Tottenham needed was the ability to change formation, to change their tactics. Without the depth, they couldn't changed Conte's system for different teams and so they were stuck with the same thing so you saw yourself you know sitting with Burnley for 85 minutes until you got a penalty in the 86th minute <laughs> and it's just because like you weren't able to change the tactics much because you were stuck with a certain set of players so yeah. hopefully that adds some variety and some obviously the depth and all that you can change your tactics so it would be awesome to have one more really great playmaker creative playmaker um, obviously, like people for a long time have talked about Christian Eriksen coming back, but someone along those lines that they can create um, in the midfield or up top on the wing, something just to have that extra depth would be, I think, the extra puzzle piece that Tottenham could use at this point. And I'll say Richarlison just because that's the closest I can get to Deli Alley since they were teammates last year. <laughs> <laughs> I think my answer. I'm, I'm not giving any other insight. Richarlison, <laughs> he was performing with Everton in a relegation battle, and Jesus never found the graces of Pep on one of the best teams in the world. So it's just, I don't know, I feel like Richarlison's more proven, I guess, at that point, um, has performed on the big stage enough times compared to Jesus has done things. I think this is his best season. He had like two games where he scored four goals or something like that crazy. But at the same time, I just... I prefer Charleston, more experience, and he'll probably be the one, I assume, starting in the World Cup over Jesus. Interesting. Yeah, I think they're both very similar strikers, to be honest. They can both play on the wing. They can both drop in. They can both... But Charleston actually likes to get in behind a lot, to be honest. Um they're both they're both good, but I like for Charleston's dog. He he has he has that dog in him. <laughs> um, oh, and we got get, a couple of those players too. Yeah, he'll get the odd red card. You know, probably two red cards this year, but um, he'll be ready to fight. And you guys, I mean, Tottenham has built. Let's not get it mistaken. Tottenham has built a Champions League squad um, with some of the loans turning permanent and these these moves like. This is a Conte Champions League team, and I'm I'm actually really excited to see Tottenham what they can do. Is um, uh, is Eric Dyer worthy of being in the England World Cup squad, Stephen? We'll see about that. I mean, I think he's better than Harry Maguire, so yes. <laughs> and that's an uh, honest answer. Gareth Southgate doesn't agree, and probably will never agree. But hey, we if want you, to play Harry Maguire, okay? If you, further, <laughs> if you do further investigation, you would see that Eric Dyer has been one of the best center backs, most influential center backs in the Premier League this season. I'm just saying, numbers don't lie. He'll make and a great team. haircut. Him and Christian Romero, dynamic duo. He'll make the um, team. Um, does LAFC win the MLS this year? 
it's their year, right? I mean, at this point, they have already to. scoring so many goals, being in first place. Additions to the squad: Chiellini and Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale is a world class. Come player. on, I mean, come on, he's gonna. There tear are no world class players in the MLS. <laughs> he's gonna tear it up. Um, I don't see how they can't. I mean, unless just like something happens, someone gets hurt, or just if their goalkeeper all of a sudden start letting crap ton of goals. I mean. It's like, I just see year. Bale coming on the last 20 minutes and scoring two. You know, like the way MLS defenses are set up, which are garbage uh, for the most part. It's just like, I just, I don't know. Like, they're so good already. Anywho, that, I, those are my questions that I wanted to ask there. We can move right into the MLS Fast Five if you want. <laughs> no, that's good. I appreciate the, uh, the stopping conversation. Um, all I know is just good to start another season above Arsenal in the standings for Tottenham. Dang. You know, playing on Wednesdays instead of Thursdays. I think but they actually time. start first because oh. of their name. Well, that's not going to last very long, <laughs> will it? And <laughs> no. um, Fast Five is where we're going. It's where we're taking you guys, the listener and the viewer. Starting off, we have New England Revolution. They're taking on FC Cincinnati. Sixth place in New England, seventh place in Cincinnati. Cincinnati's been kind of surprising to people this season. Fast five, though. Uh, boy, what are your predictions? Start with Brandon. Mm-hmm. Two, two draw. Okay, Steve. Hmm, I'm going to go two, zero, FC Cincinnati, Chad Ochocinco, touchdown. <laughs> Is Kubo still on Cincinnati? I'll never tell. I think he scores a goal. 1-0 Cincinnati. Uh, Nashville versus Portland. Nashville coming off their U.S. Open Cup loss uh, to Orlando and penalties. Uh, Portland taking them on. Uh, back at home, though, I feel like Nashville recovers. They get a nice 3-1 win, I think, um, against Portland. one nothing. Nashville. You got one nothing. Nashville. Henry Mukhtar goal. He's been Gotta hot be. as of late, finding himself the right place at the right time. I did just see them in D.C. last weekend. Kind of fun experience. Um, San Jose, they're sitting close to the bottom of the West, taking on Chicago, who's also a bottom feeder. <laughs> Two terrible teams. Um, man, is the boxman even playing for Chicago? Is he? I don't know what's happening. They have a good goalie, and then they have the boxman. I can't even remember his real name right now. Shakiri. Shakiri. <laughs> Um, it's going to be a, a one, one draw. I, I can't, even, uh, uh it, no one can score for Chicago. I don't know why San Jose even exists. Um, geez. Gabrielle Slanonia will score a PK. It'll be one, nothing Chicago. That is the goalkeeper for um, <laughs> Chicago, in case anybody yeah, is not Ederson aware, now? aware of that. Um, I'm going to go with Chicago, Liverpool legend Shakiri with the brace. Um, <laughs> Russia World Cup, if you know the celebration. Um, yeah, 2-0 two, two Chicago. Houston taking on Charlotte. Charlotte coming <laughs> off of the firing of their head coach recently. Houston having um, Herrera just arrive with the team. Does he play? I don't know. But I'm still going to take them over Charlotte 1-0. Ooh, I'll flip it. I'll say Charlotte 1-0. 
And I will be the neutral with a 1-1 draw, Houston in Charlotte. And then the hottest team, I would uh, maybe... Montreal is killing it in the East, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. We let the people know about Milihovic, however you say it. Um, yeah. He's an MLS MVP frontrunner right now, we'd have to say. And we Who said that guys, before the season started? Hey, hey, we told the people. We told the people. You be watching out for him. And hey, we we've been right about a lot of stuff. I'm just saying. So they're taking on the Galaxy, um, first in the East, sixth in the West. Uh, they're at home. I mean, shoot, why not? Why not give them a two 0 win against the Galaxy? Ooh, that's good. Chicharito definitely scores, but Milajovic scores too, and he makes the U.S. Men's National Team roster after this performance. Two uh, one Montreal. After this performance, it just gets yeah. announced. I mean, he should honor. already he should already yeah, be agree, on it. Yeah. But I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, let's see. Let's see. I'm gonna go for an Alvarez banger goal. Chicharito gets a red card. <laughs> oh and Victor Wanyama gets a goal one one. Dang. Vic, if, the, if that's a if that is right <laughs> we will we will create a betting account and we will start every, betting on games. every subscriber owes me a million dollars so we'll have like 36 million dollars <laughs> okay I'm don't done. do this with steve steve did this in college side note <laughs> steve um, would, i never graduated college <laughs> steve would say if you do this 200 bucks if you do this 200 bucks if you do this, a cookout tray, whatever. <laughs> and it would never follow through. I'm excited for the million. That'll be nice. The millions even will be like, nice for even us. Like, even like Production value through the roof. Oh, yeah. They aren't even ready yet. We're going to have our own. We're already at ESPN FC level of production right now. So, yeah, honestly, we really are. Honestly, I think we might be better than a lot of other places. Yeah. And that's not fair. Woof. Hey. Be nice. I said we're better. That's. I don't have to be nice to other people. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're badder. We're, we're we are. Badder. We're sort of hot. Too. I mean, we're sort of. Um, never mind. Where are we going? Aggressively getting good, delirious at one good, in the morning. I think it's a good place to wrap things up today on the Bad Fan. Hopefully, you enjoyed today's time together. It's been a weird episode. I got frozen out. My internet dropped out. But hey, these two guys held on the fort while I was gone. So please, just for being so graceful and nice, give it a thumbs up. Um, it really helps us out. It's free. You only take a second of your time. Subscribe if you have not already become a bad fan. Get involved with us by commenting down below your predictions for the NBA you know, free agency trade you want to see, um, MLB All-Star Game voting, or your MLS Fast 5 predictions. Get involved. Ask the questions. We would love to respond to your posts. Um, if you need to find your place, those places like Instagram and Twitter, find a link tree below. It has everything you need to get involved. Um, but thanks again for joining us, all of us here at The Bad Fan. Hope you have a great day. We'll see you in the next one. Until then, enjoy watching some sports and your 4th of July weekend. Stay safe, be smart, and until then, peace out.